Welcome to the Brunch and Slay podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration. Well, we remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm your host, Amira Sain, founder of Brunch and Slay, a lifestyle brand created to inspire women to live their best life every day. Well, if COVID-19 taught us nothing, it has most certainly taught this lady right here um, to always, always, always be prepared, right? I thought I was prepared. I thought I had my ducks in a row. And then I realized there could always be more preparation. And especially when it comes to finances, right? Where there is a sm- some smoke, there is always some fire. And let me tell you something. I probably don't even have to tell you because I can about imagine what the last year or so has done to you. Uh, there's been a lot of room for growth. There's been a lot of opportunities. But in some instances, there's been a lot of fear, a lot of lack, and a lot of shoulda, woulda, couldas, right? And I'm not saying this about anybody else more than I am about myself, right? So one thing I know for sure, ladies, is that you can't slay if you can't pay. And the slay is all contingent upon how much fabulousness you want to put out into the world, right? If you wanted to take advantage of the ability to work from home for the last year plus and work from anywhere in the world remotely that you want, but your finances were lacking, this episode is for you. If you wanted to get those kids out of your house and hire a private tutor and could not because the coins were funny, this episode is for you. If you have all your coins but don't know where to go next, this episode is for you. Pretty much, this episode is for you. We are so lucky today to have Miss Tanya uh, Rapley on the on the show today, and she I interviewed her, and you've seen her everywhere from Black Enterprise to Forbes magazine. She is a force of nature. She is out here killing it, representing for the culture. She is sprinkling her black girl magic everywhere she goes. You know, speaking with her, I really started to think about how money matters and how to embrace it. And you know, in my life, I've had so many ups and downs. I started off at the bottom of the barrel with my credit score and finding. which I've shared with you guys. My husband and I, he really is such a good man. And he really had those uncomfortable conversations with me very young before we even got married. And we were on a mission to have excellent credit and we made it, right? Then life happened. We got a couple of bumps and bruises. Didn't go down to the bottom of the barrel, but had to fix some things, right? And and we are on the other side of that now and we are working and together because we have these tough conversations. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this show. Tanya is a breath of fresh air. She's one of those money coaches that you just, she's like one of those friends of yours who you would call and be like, girl, what do I do? They changed our 401k at our job. How do I fix this or whatever the case may be? But I know you're going to love it. And what you love, I want you to share. Listen up. Today, your pocketbooks are going to thank you. I know that all of us are being thrifty, being resourceful, being uh, mature and making grown up choices during these times because we just don't know what's going to happen next. And it's so funny to me that it took something this massive for us a lot of as a unity, I, I guess a unit to hone in on our spending habits. But whatever it takes to get us there, guess what? We're here. And today's guest is a lady who has truly just set the world on fire by being her authentic self and sharing how she navigated building wealth and and her credit and growing just as a woman, right, through finance. So she is the founder of MyFab Finance, 
she is has been called the new face of wealth building by Black Enterprise, which, okay, let's just give that a moment, right? Because she is definitely a younger lady. And, you know, a lot of times when you're younger, people just kind of discount you. But she's like, uh-uh, not today, not me. You better give me my receipts, right? She's uh, a modern woman, and she's been called by TV One the modern history maker, which is substantial, right? She's definitely making history by helping us overcome and kill debt. And really think about our spending choices and how they affect us and our family and our legacy long long term. You can see her everywhere from Black Enterprise to Newsweek, Forbes. I mean, you name it, she's been there and going to be there, right? She's a force to be reckoned with. She's a girl who looks like me. And her name is Tanya Rapley. Welcome to the show, Tanya. Man, that is like the best intro I've ever had. Like, can you <laughs> bottle this up? Can I, I I'm gonna we're gonna have to talk. I'm gonna have to license your intro for myself when I speak. <laughs> you know what? It's so funny because a lot of times we do all this stuff and we forget to collect our receipts and tap our pat ourselves on the back. But girl, it's your time. Hello, you did all of that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that amazing intro. Hey y'all. <laughs> yes. You know what? I one thing I, I was telling Tanya before we started, I, I had the pleasure of sitting in on one of her deliveries or keynotes at an event some years back. And and it was a boss women event. I want to shout out Marty because she does great things for women. But one of the things you said that I loved, and it's something I did very early on in my career, you have a staple wardrobe, right? That you use for speaking. You don't go out and buy a new outfit every time you're in front of a new group of people. Well, I used to have a staple wardrobe. Now I do use Rent the Runway. So oh, that's my baby too. So yes. Yeah. Really now thing. I use Rent the Runway because I do like a little variation. I like clothes. It's not called my fan finance for no reason. <laughs> but in the same sense, like it's no point in me buying clothes that it allows me to satisfy my urge to have new items and like try new things and new styles and so forth. But I'm not absorbing the cost and just keeping it in my closet. Like I pay a fraction of the wardrobe. So right yeah. now it's on pause because I'm not speaking places. But when, but yeah, so that's how, um, that's how I do it now. But when I got started, yeah, there was a staple wardrobe just because, um, I was, you know, just working on climbing that hill of financial, like to financial freedom, financial security. And so I was in the trenches doing what I needed to do. I love that in the trenches. And that's where we are. Like a lot of us listening right now and a lot of folks tune in, maybe you're in the trenches right now. And it was so important for me. It is very important for me that I, you guys get to hear from different people building wealth because there's different styles, right? There is not one formula that really is going to speak to your personality. And a lot of people teach a lot of doing it without, but I love the whole wardrobe area because I'm a person who tells people all the time, if you don't like the way you look in it, throw it out. I'd rather have mm -hmm. five dresses that I feel like my best self in and rock those. And every time I know I'm putting it on, I feel confident and it exudes than to have a closet full of things that were just on sale and I bought them, you know? Right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I mean, you know, I bought some things on sale, but then it's kind of like, am I really going to wear this? Yeah. And so I really had to dial myself back. Like, Come on. No, I, I love it. So, Okay. I don't want to to bore everybody by telling them their beginning. She's been on a ton of podcasts, y'all. So you can definitely go in and you can Google her and we'll put whatever you need in the show notes. But I want to dive in and talk about when you really rec recognize what part of your journey were you in when you realized that you had to share what you were learning with the masses? What was um, that trigger? You know, honestly, it was about six months in um, that I realized that I had to share and that it was a business opportunity just because... Um, a lot of people were sharing my content. I'm like, thank you so much. And 
I just realized how at that point people were sharing like hair tips and how to get the ideal twist out and so forth, but they weren't sharing like, how do you build a budget in a weekend? How do you boost your credit score? And those are things that I felt people needed to know. Um, so I just started sharing them. I always felt like I wanted to be an educator. Uh, when I was younger, I, you know, I was like, I want to be a professor and so and so and so until I realized that tenure is no longer a thing. And I, I didn't, I, my life was not set up for me to struggle. And so I was like, I, I don't want to be a professor. I got to figure out a way, another way to teach people. And um, I get, you know, God was listening or this is the plan that was, that was happening because I was able to begin teaching people how to improve their finances. But it was Facebook. Initially, it was just like kind of seeing it had some traction. Like, OK, you guys want to listen to me. Right. And don't you love how those breadcrumbs just kind of appear? You start doing something that you love or you need. And the next thing you know, you follow these breadcrumbs. And here you are, a whole finance guru, a whole industry expert. And I, what was your major? What was your major in college? So I was a public administration major in undergrad and my master's in public policy. OK, wow. And so we are so far from that, right? <laughs> we are. We are so far, but... In the same sense, the work that I was doing when I was a um, when I was working in the public sector was community work. And at the heart of the work that I do with my fat finance is still community work. It's just executed in a way that traditional like governmental systems and nonprofits aren't using. So it, it, it like it's an alignment, but I'm not necessarily directly utilizing my degree. I'm utilizing the skills I learned that I got a degree for, if that makes sense, like. You know, when you oh, go to college, it's like you learn a whole bunch of textbook stuff, but it's very different than the actual application. So I'm utilizing the application of my skill sets that I learned in college. No, you're talking. I just had a whole Oprah aha moment, like for real. So one of the things we often hear in entrepreneurship or even as we're trying to navigate as people figure out what they want to do to make extra money. What does everybody tell you? Build on the resources that you have. Right. Mm -hmm. And. To be able to leverage those. And a lot of the times we don't see how working for someone else that we are sharpening those resources. Right. We tend to think, oh, no, I don't like public policy. No, you do like public policy. You just don't like working for someone else implementing public policy. So you were able to leverage those skills and go out and build a whole community where you still worked and you made the world better by by just honing in on what came naturally to you. And that's that's the part that we don't really hone in on and really I guess, market and talk more about how to really figure out what you're good at and leverage that. Right. So Absolutely. what was some of the what was some of the first offerings you decided, OK, I'm going to try this. I'm going to see if it works. Uh, what was that first package? So the first thing I tried was one on one coaching uh, and how I one on one coaching. So black enterprise happened. Right. And this is the importance of being prepared for opportunities. And so I always tell people like just because you get pressed doesn't mean you're going to know what to do with it. Be ready to capitalize on it. So black enterprise happened. And I didn't even have an email list um, set up when black enterprise happened. So people reached out to me like she on the cover. She got to be a coach, an expert. So, and so, so help me with my finances, new, new face of wealth building. So I was like, cool. OK, um, I can do coaching. Um, three sessions for $50. And like, for me, that was good because here I am working this nonprofit job where I just basically got made my way to making $40,000 a year. So I was like, okay, $50 is reasonable for an hour of work. Oh my gosh. I never make it an hour. Now you can't even get me for $50 for half an hour. Um, no, you're worth, no, that's you're worth, right? <laughs> it's 15 minutes of my time now, but right. that was the first thing that I offered was one-on-one -on -one coaching. And 
Um, the good thing about one-on-one coaching is it allowed me to learn more about the issues that my audience was dealing with. But I'm a, one-on-one coaching is so taxing. And I think a lot of people will find that a lot of coaches will start out doing one-on-one coaching and then they eventually scale to doing one-to-many or offering courses because it's it's exhausting. You know, you literally are taking on people's problems and it's not sustainable. And so that was the first offering. And then I created the um, Superfab Financial Planner, the first iteration of it. And um, that had a really good run, it had a really good run. It's still available on Amazon, the first iteration of it. But um, that was my second product. And after about two years in, I had like six revenue streams for my fat finance. So we just kept building on them. Okay, so, so much, so much knowledge in that, right? Because we start out, we necessar- weren't necessarily prepared and you probably weren't prepared because you didn't have a blueprint. How many people have made the cover of a magazine who look like you, who can say, <laughs> girl, be ready, right? Let's just be real. Right. Who was I going to call? <laughs> yeah. Right. Who were you going to call? And if you could call them, were they going to take your call, right? Was it going to be 17 assistants saying, girl, my time is worth $700 Oprah, an hour? Oprah, what right. can I do? Oprah. <laughs> right. And so you own it, you figure something out. And like you said, at that time, $50 was worth it. You gave them your all. And that was a good place to start for you to gain the experience you needed, right? But let's talk about the high and lows of that. I love how you talked about how exhausting it can be. And a lot of people, we get a lot of, black, right? When we, when we pivot, we start off doing one thing and it's not sustainable because in all honesty, a lot of times when you first start in business, scale is a foreign word. We don't even know what that means. Right. And then even if we know what it means, it's like a dream. It's a pipe dream because everyone we know has a hustle, right? Meaning it's one woman show. It's a one man show. It's very rarely have we really seen people who can leverage it to become a true office space, a true business with multiple people with a payroll. Right. So you were in dangerous waters, uncharted territory, and it could have went so many different ways. Could have went, could have went so many different ways. I mean, a couple of times I thought it was going different ways. But um, I think that's the importance of being committed um, and seeking out the resources that in, to understand what you don't know. Because anytime that it was starting to drift, I would be able to reach out and be like, hey, how do I, you know, how do I position my business in this manner or how do I position myself for this? And the good thing about that is that it gave me other ideas. You know, um, when I first moved to L.A. in 2016, Things slowed up a little bit um, and I was considering, you know, switching industries and so forth. And then that's when public speaking, that's why I took a public speaking class and public speaking really popped off and ended up bringing like bringing in me like additional $70,000 in revenue that year. And so, and that was because I was able to work with a coach and so forth. So, and then the following year, things got back on track with some of the partnerships and um, we launched the Blue Ribbon Club. And so, Sometimes as an entrepreneur, especially an entrepreneur where you're in a service-based business, such as coaching and so forth, sometimes the ship will, you know, rock a little bit and you just kind of ride the wave until the next opportunity and then you ride it back to shore. Um, so it's important to think about that. But at the end of the day, you still want to have your core values. And with my finance, I've always had my core values, what I'm willing to do, what I'm not willing to do, what's in alignment, um, what I don't, you know, like I won't do one-on-one coaching anymore, um, et cetera. And so it is important to know what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. And I mean, but I'll say push come to shove. We're going to do what we got to do. But I have a choice. Right. 
No, that's excellent advice. I mean, and that's a hard one, especially when you first begin, because you want to say yes, you want to build your brand, you want to get out in front of the masses, but does it align with even your skills? Are you going to go speak and you're not prepared and you're going to totally turn off a thousand people and ruin that connection, right? Are you going Uh to just take a job because, or an affiliate marketing uh, post just because they offered you $700 to post a picture when in actuality, all it did was cheapen your brand. These are some tough decisions that we don't really talk about, right? Mm-hmm. We don't I talk say, about saying no. I was also going to say, you know, when you do start, you know, I think that it is good to try a bunch of things out um, because you don't know what you don't know. You don't know, like, don't know what you don't like and so forth. So try it out. You know, you might find that coaching is your jam or you might find that you don't like public speaking or you might find that you like copywriting and like white labeling services for people. So try things out in the beginning because I feel like you might find opportunities for your business that you didn't foresee for your business. Um, when I started my fat finance, I didn't see myself being a public speaker. I didn't think that was going to be a revenue stream for me, um, but it it is, it, and it has been. I'm teaching courses and so forth. So part of it is knowing what you want your end goal to look like, but being open to the journey that takes you there and different ways that you reach that goal. Oh yeah, excellent. So as you've navigated over the last few years, I am sure you have had some definite lows, right? That everybody doesn't know about. And I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, but I definitely want to respect your privacy. But as an entrepreneur, I know there's been many moments where I'm crying in the closet or in the shower that people just don't see. And I'd love it if you could share one of your low moments and how you pivoted from it. I mean, girl, I'm such an open book. Like People have heard my lows. Um, So I'm transparent, but I I would say, you know, Early on, when I started my fat finance, people weren't checking for finances like that. And I was so frustrated because it's like, I am literally distributing information that will change your life. And people were like running and following style bloggers and stuff. I'm like, they're telling you how to spend money, but they're not changing your life. And I'm changing lives and people are slow to be responsive to this. And it was a that was initially when it was like kind of challenging for me to build a community around my fat finance. And it was frustrating. I was frustrated. I was resentful. Um, and I just really just had to recenter and focus on the people who need this will find me. The people who need this will find me. Like just continue, just be consistent, just be consistent um, and serving people and listening and like keeping your heart in the work. Um, so that was that I wanted to quit so many times early on. And during that time I was, paying for a lot of things with my fat finance. So I'm trying to reach my financial goals on the other side. I'm building a website with a little bit of money I have on the side. My fat finance wasn't really bringing in money. I remember I was in Atlantic City with my little sister and I just broke down crying. I was like, I don't want to do this no more. Like, I do not want to do this. I just, I'm spending money on it. I'm not able to enjoy my life like all these other people are because I'm trying to build something that helps people. Meanwhile, I might as well start selling waist trainers or something because don't nobody care about getting their money together. And I was so, so frustrated. And my little sister was like, no, keep going, keep going. I'm so happy that she reminded me to keep going, like that she encouraged me to keep going in that moment. Because that really probably was a turning point. Um, About a year later from that, I was able to resign and do my fat finance full time. So that was a big turning point. But I was ready to throw in the towel. I was done. I was like, y'all, y'all can... Spend all your money. I don't care about y'all anymore. <laughs> um, but, yeah. You know, that is 
that's a story that's so true. And I'm sure folks are listening who have those businesses they've shelled. And it was at that moment that that is that fork in the road when you're like, if this doesn't happen by this day, we start setting deadlines. If I don't get this by that, I'm done. Because there, no one talks about how you really have to invest in your business when you're a startup. And you got to be OK with that. Right. You got to say no Starbucks for me. No, girl, I cannot go to happy hour. But one time a month instead of four, uh, like there's some true sacrifices that go with building. And and like you said, when you're doing something for the greater good, there's a couple of things I feel that went through my mind when I decided to have a platform just for women to shine a light on them. One, who, how are people going to perceive me? Are they going to think that I'm a goody goody? Are they going to think mm-hmm. that I'm like preaching? Because I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life. What I'm telling you is I know you can't be what you can't see. Right. Mm, and yeah. I know that if I don't share, you know, Tanya's story, then there's somebody in, right now in a dorm room who's teaching people how to trade stock or something who won't continue to do it. And if you don't have, if, if nothing else, we might not ever, you might not be able to get Tanya on the phone. You might not be able to get me on the phone, but you can listen and you can be inspired. And that's, that's, that's discouraging when people don't stream or people aren't buying that membership. And you're like, but I'm giving you the goodness. Like I am, I'm giving you all of me. Right. Right. And <laughs> and so I get that. And I, and I know that that's something that we often don't share because we don't want to seem like we're saying you should like mine because it's the best. It's not that we're saying you should like it because it's made for you with right. you in mind. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. That, and that was just, it, it was just so frustrating, but I know that, um, especially being someone who was funding my own business and so many other entrepreneurs are in the same boat. But in the same sense, sometimes you also have to know when to walk away. Um, some people don't know when to walk away and like throwing money at something ain't going to make it pop. Um, it, it takes more than that. It takes strategy and so forth. And I think it's important for people to understand that, too, because they're like, well, if I can just do this or I can do that. I mean, I even had, you know, I recently purchased another company um, that I've been operating in along with my fab finance. And the other day I was talking myself I was like, Tanya, that ain't I, I was like, oh, I want to redo the website. So, and so. so I was like, that ain't it. The website ain't it. Like you got to focus on something else and figure out why it's not converting. But it's not necessarily the website. It could be your copy and everything else. But ugly website, ugly websites make money. Ugly social fe- social media feeds are out here making money. So it's not You're that. Right. And so You're we right. also have to be honest about that with ourselves too. Oh yeah, and not and not get caught up in the distractions. But the truth is, the only way you're going to know that is to keep working towards your dream. Like you won't know that from the first project that you work on, right? You won't know that you should, you need one more class on something or you need to pour more energy into a certain aspect of it. And that's why we have to be open to the an- to the answers that come to us, whether that be through a new partnership or a person who c- crosses our path, be open to the pivot, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and be okay with paying attention to the times. Like right now, these are the times that ma- my fat finance was built for, I, pre- I believe. You literally, I have been telling people this over the last probably five years, I truly believe that the great I am planted some seeds pr- in preparation to have us like basically set up a layup for so many uh, businesses, I feel, if they were able to receive it. You literally have your ducks in a row, you have opportunities and people were like right now, people literally... I can even show you my DMs of how many people reached out after the social unrest was really triggered here in America, asking me to speak about different topics or what it's like as a black entrepreneur. If I wasn't ready 
like Tanya talked about in the beginning, if I didn't already have that media kit or those speaking points, I would have missed those opportunities. And it's okay if they called on me because I was the only black person they knew because they had been on my show. So what? Whatever it was that got me in the door to have me be ready, I was ready because of all the layups that had been happening and all the tears in the closet, right? And (laughs) we just have to, it's just a path, right? It's just, we have to be open to those pivots and to those moments and to those opportunities. More Brunch and Slay after this. Raise your hand if you want to grow. No, seriously, like my hand is up. Y'all can't see me, but my hand is up. So if you want to grow and you love stretching yourself and doing things and dreaming the impossible dream, then you understand why I'm asking that you share and review and subscribe to the show. That's how we grow. I want to grow Brunch and Slay. I want more people just like you to hear all the great interviews and information from all these game changers and go-getters. And the only way to do that is more reviews. So I'm asking, help a sister out and leave a review, subscribe, and rate the show. And now back to Brunch and Slay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're right. I, You know, when everything started happening, I was like, this is what I've been talking about. This, like, you know, preparing for a um, preparing for a recession. This is what I've been talking about, and it is. I'm so happy, you know, for myself that I've been doing. But so many people in my audience are like, "Girl, I've been, you know, following my fat finances since the beginning, and I'm good because of, you know, because I've been implementing your tools and tips and so forth." But this oh, is this is like go time right now. Like nobody expected it to happen like this. But here we oh, are. Yeah. No, you're right. And so that's that for those listening, it's not too late for you. If you're if you're a little late to the party, it's not too late because it's your party, right? And you can set the standards. So let's talk about banish the balance, which I think is amazing, right? Um yeah. and, and let's let's just share a little bit about that. Yeah, the banish the balance challenge was created to really help people. Um, eliminate debt in their lives. I think that we live in a society where it normalizes debt. You know, you have things like Klarna and Apple Pay and Afterpay to make it easier for people to put, basically, that's the internet version of Layaway, um, but, you know, to spend money and create debt and so forth. And so I wanted to create something that was focused on helping people eliminate debt. And I just kind of walk through all the questions that people normally have when they're starting their debt elimination journey. And so um, it's, it's, I created it in 2018 um, and now it's self-paced, but it's still such a great resource. It's such a great resource to help people with their finances and eliminate no, that. Yeah. And I love it because you know what? Sometimes a challenge is all we need to kind of get the ball started. I remember when I first started saving money, you know, that first hundred is like, okay, I got a hundred extra dollars. Okay. Then you hit 500. It's like, okay, I got 500, but there's a certain freedom when you keep watching that number grow. And it that's that, uh, as Wendy Williams would say, that F you money. <laughs> that's yes. that, like, you know what? I don't have to put up with this. Let me tell you, do you know these zeros over here? Like, let me let me go ahead. And I think there's a certain freedom that I know culturally, especially in my, in my family, I would say. That's not something that was always readily available to mm-hmm. actually be taught to you. Uh, because, you know, traditionally we're working so hard to maintain, to provide that extra and that cushion and that sense of security that comes from that is something that a lot of us are first generation learning that. Right. Um, and, and that challenge gives you a community. It gives you something to work toward and just keep doing it, keep repeating it until you get to that number. And I, and I think Tanya's right. Having a goal, like what number do you want? Right. Dangle that in front of you and just go for it. 
Yeah, and there's so much truth. Uh, that FU money is so serious. Um, I mean, even <laughs> to the point where um, you just get to a point where you can really unapologetically assert your worth. Um, and just like last night, I was dealing with something where we had a brand partnership come in. And I'm always like being transparent. So if they, they ask, I felt like it was a $100,000 deal. That they should be paying me $100,000 to do it. And they came back and they said they wanted to pay forty. And I told my agent, I was like, no. This is not like they're asking me more for more than what other people have asked for and paid me like less. Um, and I was like, Absolutely, I'm not going to do it. And um, just to be like to have the comfort to walk away from forty thousand dollars, like now, nah. it blows my mind that I'm there now because I didn't make that in the year back in 2011. Um, and that was definitely more than half my salary. When I left my job, my last job, I made sixty five thousand dollars a year. So to be in a position where I'm like, nah, I'm not doing that for 40000 And okay, walking away with him, like, okay, we good. What's that, what's next? Um, let me go wake my baby up, you know? So yeah. it, it's a certain, it's that's the beauty. And we've seen it so much in like with our parents and people that we love and so forth, going to jobs that they don't really like because they don't have that freedom to be like, I don't want to do this. And can we just pause for a second to give some respect to that? Because we're listening to this right now, this young vibrant woman who's created something from nothing who has the the ability to flex on them right and that's what we're all striving to so that's the reason to follow her if nothing else just be inspired by how she's living if you got your coins together be inspired by taking a leap to your destiny by knowing that you too can say nope not enough right that's some true security y'all like let's just let that let's let that marinate <laughs> All right. So now you have foam, you have fintech, you are like, like, this is the next level. Like you say, you just purchased the company. Like I didn't, that didn't slip by me. Right. So let's talk about this next level and your new pivot. And, and, and cause I don't see you staying in one space over the next 10 years. So let's talk about your new babies. Yeah. Well, so foam, foam, actually we decided to dissolve foam. Foam was a fintech company that I was starting with two amazing women but both of our, all of our lives, it just, we just had too much going on. We couldn't really focus on growing foam the way we needed it to grow. And so we did dissolve that. That was back in 2018, but, um, in 2000, no, that's 2016. Jeez, time flies. But, um, we, me and my husband purchased a company club Lufa in 2019. So realizing as an entrepreneur that I wanted to be able to scale, um, and that it's very, it can be challenging to scale your service-based business. I wanted to have an e-commerce business because going back to that frustration I had early on when I started my fat finance, people going to buy stuff. People, it's just, people just going to buy things. Um, and so I knew I wanted an e-commerce brand and uh, this was an amazing opportunity because I didn't have, it already had this branding. It already has subscribers and so forth. It was me stepping in and figuring out how to like pivot it in a different direction and scale it. And so we've had the company almost a year now and our revenues are up 22% from when, from when we purchased the company, which is great. Uh, we actually have 45%, but 22% from last month. And so it's, uh, it's a learning lesson. And I'm, I'm glad that I've done it because it feels good to be in a position where I'm like, okay, I'm learning something else. I feel like when, with Minecraft Finance, I did get to a space where it's like, I, I could do things with like my eyes closed. It's like, it became routine. I've been doing it for seven years. So it kind of became routine. But with Club Lufa, I was like, oh, I'm, I haven't ever had an e-commerce business. Like how, how do we ride this beast? And so it's, it's been great. It's been humbling, um, but it's also rewarding. 
Oh, I love it. So stretching ourselves doesn't get old, right? And no. getting uncomfortable. That's that's these these are things that every we hear from all the successful folks who come on this show. There's always a pivot, there's always a stretch, and there's always somebody uncomfortable with being uncomfortable, right? And so what would you say you really learned over this last year about yourself as a businesswoman? What I really learned about myself. Um, I have learned I've learned to trust my intuition and just how powerful I am. I would say that I've learned to trust my intuition. And I've also learned how to have those hard conversations. Um, I had an assistant I love that I had to let go of because it wasn't working. Um, and just, you know, you start to like, I, I like people who I work with and I like the people that I hire and I like learned how to have those hard conversations where it's like, listen, I'm, I'm as a business, I like you as a friend, but as a business, you're not the best for my business. And so um, that's been valuable too. And that's a tough one. So I'd love to know because it's always different. And a lot of people talk about following their gut and that sound. What does your gut sound like to you? Is it a voice in your head? Is it just a a energy that you feel? What does it sound like and how do you identify it? It's a hesitancy. That my gut is a hesitancy. Um, If I have like hesitance, I listen to it because I'm pretty decisive. And so Usually I'm like, okay, cool, let's do it. Um, but if I have hesitancy, there's I, I have to stop back and listen to that because I'm I usually I look at it as like there's not much that I can do or choose to do that I can't fix, um, and that comes with financial freedom too. Like we moved in, I moved into a house recently, sight unseen, um, decided to paint the house an entire color, hated it. I was like, okay, we're just going to paint it over. We're going to paint another color. <laughs> and it's like having the resource to be like, well, we're going to get somebody back in to paint it. Like there's, it, it can't, that problem can't, it's not that that problem can't be fixed. So it wasn't necessarily a challenge for me, but when it, it's something that I, I'm very, like I'm feeling hesitant about it, knowing that I can fix it. That's when I pay attention because I'm like, what is this hesitancy that you're feeling? Mm-hmm. So that, that's when I know. And then you, and then um, sometimes it comes to me as dreams. Sometimes it'll come to me and not like it kind of like almost in an abstract manner where it's not a, the dream is directly related, but it's kind of, it's abstract. And it's like, oh, okay. All right. I think that's related to this decision that's sitting on my heart. Let me listen. I always ask, I ask for signs, you know, I'm, I'm very, uh, very spiritual. And so I ask for signs. I ask God and my, my, my ancestors and my angels, like, please give me a sign if this is for me, if it's not. And usually that will turn around when we were closing on this house. Um, the IRS has been in shambles because of everything going on with COVID. And, um, it looked like we weren't going to close. It looked like we weren't going to get our house. Mind you, I've moved out of my apartment in LA. Me and my family are living at my parents' house because we were planning to close. So we're at my parents' house waiting for our closing. And it, it became a day when it's like, oh my God, we might not close this week. And I just woke up and I, I like, before I went to sleep, I prayed. I was like, if this is for me, I, I, and I literally said to my grandmother, I prayed, I prayed and I was like, grandma, if this is for me, move some shit out the way and make this happen. And, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And the yeah. next day I woke up and they were like, we're clear to close. I was like, all right. So it is also one of those things. If it wasn't for me, then I would have had to have the confidence in knowing that it wasn't supposed to happen. Um, and just like, so a lot of it happens also, you know, my dreams oh, yeah. are just put, sending it up, just asking for decisions. 
It's so funny because I thought I was the only person who's like that real in her prayers. Like I do not sugarcoat y'all. Like the way the way this thing is set up, I can't. I don't even have time. To, I'm like you know me. I don't even need to pretend like, that I'm somebody else. Like just right. stop. Like oh, you created. I don't care. Me, right? Yeah, champagne in hand, still praying. What I need? Like let's do it. Like I am that girl. And because who has time for all that other stuff? I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm putting on a front for so many people in this world. As far as the the code switching that we have to do just to survive, I cannot code switch with my God. Like come right. on, I'm with you. Right. <laughs> God who created you to be who you are. Like absolutely. Like God, you God, you know, you know. Like yeah, you are you, you know. Even if I don't curse right now, you know that it's in my head to curse. So I might as well. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's just keep it real. So now this Saturday, you can brunch with anyone in the world, dead or alive. Who are you brunching with? Oh, anyone. You know what? And this is because he's on my heart right now, Nipsey Hustle. I would want to have brunch with Nipsey. I, yeah, I definitely want to have brunch with Nipsey. So I have to ask, because I just saw the video this morning. Have you seen the new Pharrell? Uh, I did. And I almost made, definitely almost made me cry. Yeah. Um, and um, I mean, a, a lot of, because being an entrepreneur, you, I think entrepreneurs, we're all connected because you know the grind. Like, you know what it is, those peaks, those valleys, you kill what you eat, you know, um, but then also being in LA around the time of his passing um, and just the energy that was like, it literally, I, the energy when he passed, you literally felt like the soul of LA was on hold. Um, mm. And it's like, it was a city that really loved him. And it's hard to be a part of that community without also feeling that and so forth and respecting what he's done. And like, I lived around the corner from Simply Wholesome and going to Slauson and everything. So just respecting what he built. Um, and I, I like talking, I was talking to um, one of the painters who was painting our house yesterday, actually. And he told me, I was saying, telling him about Club Lufa and so forth. He was like, listen, everything, it, it, he was like, he likened it to like selling dope. He was like, you know, everything moves the same way. And I think that for me, there's so much knowledge that I learned from people who are um, non-traditional entrepreneurs because their sales start strategies have to be slightly different from, you know, those of us who do have traditional um, sales strategies and so forth. So uh, I would just love to have a conversation with him because I just, he, oh, danced, man. he danced on both worlds and I appreciate that. No, I get that. And you know, we, we, we don't talk about that part of entrepreneurship. There is a reason why there are so many young African-American men who get arrested for drug dealing because the number one opportunities are limited and they have these thriving companies on, on traditional, right? And not necessarily best for the community, but they make them thrive. Look at Jay-Z, read the 50th law. Like these are not new ideas, but these are, now we know how to use those and apply those lessons to ways that are relatable and keep us safe and out of prison, mm -hmm. right? Um, but it, there's some, there's so much truth to that. Look at, they went, look at back when they used to run numbers in Harlem, right? Th those were all the same businesses and empires they just would never have been had the opportunity to be mainstream and now that we have that opportunity it is our duty to leave the old ways behind and embrace the new right it, yes and i just think and that's the beautiful thing i was thinking about that i have so many friends um men and women who have created amazing lives for themselves because of the internet and i do feel like the internet and social media has been a great equalizer and allowing um, us into rooms, allowing us into homes where the gatekeepers, you know, previous, previously the marketing outlets were television, uh, newspapers, magazines, and so forth. And like, you had to have money to play that game. But now it's like, no, you just got to know how to utilize social media strategy and so forth. And it's leveled the playing field. And I know 
so many people um, my age or you know slightly younger or older who are living their best lives. And I don't think that this opportunity was available to our parents because they were kind of stuck in that go to school, get a good job. And I were like, no, I'll make my job. And I, I just respect that. And I, I'm thankful. I'm, when, I, when I give thanks, I'm thankful that I exist in an age right now where I make money on the internet. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we're just, we're, we're fortunate. And I just love to see it though. I just say that to say, I love to see it. I love just to see other people just making money and like creating their own. I agree with you so much. I mean, I know everybody feels some type of way about our poor brother Kanye, but that one song, We Have Everything We Need from his gospel album, just that's why I love it because it's so true. Like we could, we could choose to look at all the negatives, right? But as a people, we've never chosen that or we wouldn't be able to function. So we're choosing to embrace all the opportunities and surround ourselves around others who get it. And, and to continue to build on it. And now that so many folks are having the opportunity to work from home and see how good it feels to be able to do your laundry in the middle of the day or run in and check on your, mm-hmm. your child, right? Mm-hmm. I don't see that going away. And I'm so thankful that so many people have been exposed to it because they're going to fight to keep it. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree. I think they're going to fight to keep it too. Yeah. So what vibes and prayers can we send your way to help you along your journey? Oh, that's a great question. I have a friend who she's so good at asking me that too. Um, you know, I always ask for the discipline needed to um, experience my ultimate life vision. Like that's one of my main prayers. It's like just the discipline needed. Um, and then, and you know, just safety, Our, safety and health. Those are two things that I, I even think about like, you know, Pop Smoke passing earlier this year and he had, he was making so much money, but it's like safety. You know, safety, it, it couldn't, some things you just, you can't buy. Um, so, and then health, you know, we think about people who, you know, also like Bill, I think often think about Steve Jobs, you know, Apple was his company, you know, multi-millionaire, probably almost billionaire. I'm not sure what his final, um, his final net worth was, but he couldn't help. He couldn't buy his health. So I just always ask for prayers, things that I can't buy, health, safety, and discipline. Well, you got it. You know, we are all touching and agreeing right now and sending that w- your way because we need you to keep keep going to the next level. So we need that blueprint. We need like our book of bl- blueprints and you're in that that book. So we need you to thrive and be excellent and continue to be a good example. And I cannot thank you enough for taking time out of your day and uh, seeing value in what we're doing here at Brunch and Slay to share your story and share your j- journey and be so transparent. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for having me and just, you know, caring, supporting, and sharing me with your audience. Oh, yeah. And y'all, you know, if you enjoy this show as much as I've enjoyed chatting with Tanya, then you know you need to share it. Share it on whatever platform you you are on uh, for social media. Tag us. And, and if you're on social media, do me a favor and tag Tanya and I and just tell us one thing you took away from the show. Right? If you let us know that, we can give you more of what you need so that we can help you. Because you know what? We want to see you win. In case you were wondering... What we believe is if she can, I can, we all can. And this is Brunch and Play.